This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. To the Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. He's a master codebreaker, an ace pilot, and perk with a blaster. He's your host, IC Robots. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week. A bit less week, and this week it is going to get so much less week. We're going to talk about a movie I saw. We're going to talk about some stuff I did, some things I bought. I know that sounds like, I know that sounds like every week, but trust me, it's going to be fun. We always have fun. But first, we got a jam from my man IB13. Let me see if I can find it. Hold it now. Hit it. Just too hot, so all that mess you pop, I suggest you stop. All right, it is me, Icy Robots, and we are back for the start of the show. I suppose IB13, thanks for that. MC Kate makes some like disintegrate, thanks for that. That, that's not an altogether new jam. I must admit that was that was off of I believe patron only show number four, number five. IB IB puts in a ton of work. On that show, there are so many little mixes, and I, I guess he likes to share some of those, some of those with you who don't, who don't feel as if you want to become patrons, and I, I definitely appreciate that as well. I, I know how it is. There's a million shows out there that I, that I love so bad that I, I'm not a patron of them. I don't know why. I, I enjoy the show every week. I look forward to it every week or whatever, whatever period they come out with, and I, I just don't feel just don't feel the urge to contribute under. I understand that, but for those of you who do, I definitely, definitely appreciate that. I I mean it, man. It means a lot to me. Makes me makes me feel good whenever we get a new patron. I seriously I need the boost. Sometimes I need the I need the ego boost, especially working all the way down here in a essentially what's like a series of metal cylinders. It 
It's weird. It creaks at night. It is so cold down here. I'm wearing, I'm wearing like a wool sweater over my, over my jumpsuit. The sweater's huge because you know how baggy jumpsuits are. I had to find like a quadruple X sweater that fit over the top of this baggy suit. But it's, it's nice. The sleeves are long, but uh, I could just roll them up. It feels weird though because I got to do like three or four rolls to get it to the right level because it's so long. So I have, I have like these giant. These giant sleeve rolls at the, on my wrist. It's weird, but I, I need it. It's cold. It's freezing cold. I got a beanie. The old wife knitted me a beanie hat and I wear it down here. It's orange. I don't know why she picked orange for me, but I, I love the hat nonetheless. It's not safety orange. It's more, it's more near like a salmon orange. I can hear you guys yelling out. It's, it's safety orange. It's a safety hat. It's not a safety hat. It's more, it's more like a, it's more like a salmon. So I don't know, but I. I like it, it's comfy, it fits on my head right, it doesn't squeeze. Sometimes a beanie squeezes a bit too much. Dude, what are you going on about hats? This is radio. You have to keep people interested. Do you think you are going to get more patrons by talking about knit hats? I mean, maybe. I don't know, everybody likes hats, right? Everybody wears hats. But you're the producer of the show, I I respect your authority. What do you, what do you think I should do? Take it up a notch. Okay, sure, yeah, I'll take it up a notch, but, uh, like, how? How do you want me to do it? What should I talk about, I guess? Talk about music. People think that's funny. People think, what's funny when I, when I talk about music? When you haven't heard of lame pop songs that everyone else knew about for, like, 20 years. Wait, it, it's funny when I talk about, like, Fleetwood Mac or whatever? I don't, that's funny? I, 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 really? Yeah, it's funny. Do that again. Okay, yeah, I can do that again. Thanks. Emily out. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, yeah, I was, I was in the, uh, the Icy Robots mobile, and I'm, you know, we're dipping around, and we have, we have, uh, 102.7 The Wolf. That's our local Santa Rosa oldie station, and at night, they have this, they have this Wolfman Jack imitator. I know it's an imitator because Wolfman Jack passed away in, like, 1995 or something, right? And they got this guy who hosts this, this show really focuses on, like, up-tempo music, like disco music. 80s kind of up-tempo stuff and this dude like imitates Wolfman Jack I I think it's weird I think it's super weird I honestly don't even really like dig Wolfman Jack all that much I'm pretty sure I've talked about this show all the time but I I don't know I never really dug that Wolfman Jack shtick very much he's like I'm Wolfman Jack blah 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 I I don't hate on the dude or anything because we all got to do our little shticks to make our dough or whatever but his doesn't, his doesn't appeal to me all, all that much. I don't know. I don't want to hate. I only like to congratulate. But I, I still listen to the show. So what can I say? I guess I don't hate it. I don't hate it that much. But I'm listening to this syndicated Wolfman Jack show. And I'm driving around. And they, they play a, what I consider to be like an interesting choice for like a Wolfman Jack show. The, the song definitely would have been around when Wolfman was around. But he was, he was known as like more of a, uh, like a rock and roller, but at any rate, they popped on the the uh, rock and roll jam "Easy Lover" by by Phil Collins, and I think it's I think it's Billy Ocean. I'm not sure. I I was listening to like Run DMC and stuff in this during this era, so a lot of these things were in one ear out the other. I like Phil Collins though. I I don't think he gets enough credit. He he kind of has a bad rap. He made all these poppy songs that everybody everybody liked but then he sort of became he became like the figurehead 
for music that you were a little bit embarrassed to have liked for a period of time. I think he's, I think he's turned the corner, and people are back in the, in the court of Phil Collins. I, I think he's cool though. I think a lot of these songs are, they're like feel good poppy songs. Some of them have a little heart. I don't know. He's a good songwriter. But this one, this is like a real up tempo weird song. The, the tale is that of a, of an easy loving woman, a gal who. Of how how to put this of loose virtue maybe would be one way to put this maybe by some I I myself I choose not to judge but Billy Ocean and uh, Phil Collins they they sure judge this poor gal this this song's a bit uh it's a bit hateful if you listen to it they really they really go off on this this gal who apparently loved them both at at different times I. I feel bad for her, man. She's just out there trying to find, trying to find whatever warmth that she can get in a cold world. And these, these two judgmental dudes write this, write this overly hateful song about her exploits. I, I know not, especially when it has like this weird, this weird up-tempo, up-tempo-ness to it. It's like a, it's like a poppy dance song about, about this gal they really have no respect for. It, uh, it got me thinking, like, whether, whether this hate was based on some, some real life experience. Like, is it possible that Phil Collins and Billy Ocean dated the same gal and in, in their heartbreak, they decided they should, they should team up together and write a cautionary tale about this gal? Or... Or maybe, maybe the label decided that Billy Ocean and Phil Collins should do a song together. So they, they got the two in the same room to talk about what, what kind of a song it could be. And in, in, in talking, they discovered that they had been deceived and hurt by the same lady. So they, they decided to write this cautionary tale. I don't know. It's weird. Back, back in the day, Billy Ocean had that song, Get Out of My Dreams and Get Into My Car. One time... One time, me and my brother were, we were watching MTV, and we were, we were eating some scrambled eggs. It was, it was like breakfast for dinner, right? And we're sitting there watching MTV, eating our eggs and our, our stuff, and that, uh, get out of my dreams, get into my car, came on, and my brother, my brother started singing, get out of my eggs and get into my car, and at the time, it was like the funniest thing ever, and get out of my eggs became this this like meme around the house for for years and years and years to come. I I don't know if I've saved this segment at all. I don't think that I have. I think I I think I may have actually made it worse, Emily. Maybe maybe you should just let me go on about uh about knit hats. I feel like I was on a flow and then when I tried to switch it up, the the flow never came back. Let's let's get up out of here. I I apologize to all you guys who had to sit through this this 10 minutes of random random nothingness sometimes the gold comes sometimes trying to mine the gold and all you find is uh pyrite i guess let's let's go at the movies dude what's up with you what? What do you mean? What's up with me? Dude, that's not even Blee Ocean. It's Philip Bailey. Who's Philip Bailey? He's the dude on Easy Leather. Everyone knows that. Jeez. Get ready for it. The movies. Why didn't you correct me during the show? You let me say Billy Ocean like ten times. Okay. 
Jeez. We go live in five. Emily out. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Cisco, or even that dude Roper. But you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? Yeah, yeah. Lucky Lotto. A cigar, would you? Sure. You don't sell acid, do you? No. That's too bad, man. Uh... I write poetry. I like that fun, man. Moondogs from another dimension. Beach Bum, 2019. Beach Bum is the latest from Harmony Karine, who you might know from kids. You might know him from Spring Breakers. Dude is kind of a, he's kind of a controversial name in the in the world of cinema, and his latest feature stars Matthew McConaughey, Snoop Dogg, Isla Fisher, a returning to the movies, Martin Lawrence, Zac Efron, Jonah Hill, in in what is one of the weirdest movies I have ever seen in my life. Maybe not so much the content being weird, but like, the pacing is weird, the storytelling is weird, and everybody in this movie goes way, way, way out of their way to do an over-the-top performance. I I want to get out of the way that I I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really fun, but I also I also know that it is not everybody's cup of tea. So so please tread cautiously into this. The the movie is the story of the misadventures of a dude a dude known as Moondoggy who was played by He's played by Matthew McConaughey. He is, he's a real off-the-wall kind of Florida dude, drug user, who is, he's also a renowned poet. He's published, he's published a few volumes of books that have been received well, and the world is eagerly anticipating his next release, while, while all the while he's off doing drugs, doing whatever, just flittering out and about in Florida. This is just a super weird movie. It goes from scene to scene to scene with Matthew McConaughey smoking weed, doing acid, doing drugs, and hanging out with hanging out with various other charismatic individuals. His his best pal in this movie is a rapper that goes by the name of Lingerie. Lingerie is played by Snoop Dogg, and they they spend a lot of time together, and every time they're on the screen together, it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed that pairing. Also, Martin Lawrence is back as Captain Wack, who leads people off on these uh, go swim with the dolphin expeditions. And I, I gotta say, of all the characters in this, Captain Wack was my favorite. I was really, really happy to see Martin Lawrence back on the uh, back on the silver screen. This movie, this movie is just super weird. If you want to see something super weird, I think. I think this would be right up your alley. It's short. It's only like 90, 90 minutes. It's over before you know it. But the the entire like first half of the movie, I'm sitting there going, what is going on? Is is there going to be like a conflict? Is there going to be something? But there is some conflict. But by and large, it's just McConaughey going around, being McConaughey, having a good time, doing drugs, hanging out with cool people. Being on boats, floating around in motorboats, doing doing stuff like that. If 
If that seems like something you would like to watch, Matthew McConaughey has a lot of charisma. He seems like a real cool guy. If that seems like something you don't want to watch, this is absolutely 10,000% the movie for you. I, I don't know. I think I could definitely see this one at some future date getting a, getting a cult status. Like, it's in no way as good as The Big Lebowski. In no way. But I could... I could see in a few years this movie maybe getting some kind of a cult status, something like that, in that it's it's a super stoner movie, and it's a it's a good one. It's an entertaining stoner movie. If if that's your cup of tea, this is definitely gonna get get that cult status for you. There were also a couple other performances that I that I don't want to sleep on. One of them was uh Isla Fisher, plays Moondoggy's wife. I I think Isla Fisher is a delight. She seems so charming when when she plays a crazy person. She really excels. And she plays a crazy person in this. She's she's dynamite. I think she's dynamite in everything, to be honest. I like her a lot, and it was good. Good to uh, see her, like, spread her wings and be a weirdo. And also, Zac Efron from uh, Disney Channel fame is in this. Is somebody that, uh, that Moondoggy bumps into when he's in a drug rehab. And man... Zach Efron is chewing scenery. He's wearing those, he's wearing those big 90s pants, you know, those giant 90s pants. He has Heelys on his shoes and he's like zipping about, he's vaping, he has a beard with like sideways stripes in it. He's the son of a pastor and he quotes Bible verses. I, I don't know, man, he deserves, he deserves some kind of like reverse Oscar for this. Not, not for the best performance, but for one of the weirdest that you'll ever see. I gotta... I gotta give it up to Zac Efron. What I what I liked the most about this movie is like Moondog has he has a real positive attitude about things. No matter what, no matter what gets thrown in his path, he just goes with it. He just he finds a way through just by just by going with the flow. I I gotta appreciate that. At one point he says something that I that I feel contains so much wisdom that I want to, I want to share it with you guys. Somebody goes up to him and he says something to the effect of, I'm like a reverse conspiracy theorist. I think that everybody out there is conspiring to make me happy. And I, I don't know, man, I think that might be a good way to look at things. Try to, try to envision a world where not everyone's against you. Everyone's for you. I, I don't know. Let's, Let's get up out of here on this. On the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I am going to give the Beach Bum a solid three Three mics. mics. Three mics. Because of the 30-minute special programs which follow, the Waltons will not be presented tonight. This is basically a continuation of, at the movies, you know that right? Life, after, flash, a DVD review. What has life after flash been like for me? When I first saw Flash Gordon, it changed my life. Flash! 
I love everything about Flash Gordon. I remember every single bit about that film. I would have been pretty little the first time I saw Flash Gordon. I love when they put the hand in the thing and the bug bit him. That's fine when he's a kid. You can see why George Lucas wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie. You can see Flash Gordon's fingerprints all over Star Wars. When I look back at the story of my life, movies have always been an important part of that tale. And when I look back, when I think back to the past, I think that the first movie I can ever recall seeing at the movie theater is, in fact, Flash Gordon. I may I may have gone to the drive-in before that. I may have gone to wherever. But the, the first actual experience I can recall of going, buying a ticket, getting candy, sitting down, and watching a movie was... Flash Gordon. I'll I'll do like a quick gloss over. We we were living in Oak Lawn, Illinois at the time and they had just opened the mall, a an indoor shopping mall in the area. It was the first of its kind and we were all we were all super anxious to go check it out. One of one of the features that they had at the mall was a movie theater. I did, like, a super small amount of research, and I think it's the AMC 6 at the Oak Ridge Mall. I don't know this for sure. There's also a mall in Cicero, which was nearby, and they they have a theater too, but I, I think this one sounds more familiar. I recall hearing Chicago Ridge, but I may be wrong. I... I don't know. At any rate, we went to the theater there soon after the mall opens, and I, I have this real distinct memory of that new carpet smell. You know, you know the way that like this this odor emanates from carpet when it's when it's first installed. I I remember that, and I remember I got a uh, like a clear plastic acrylic. It was like a machine gun, full of gumballs, and I sat during Flash Gordon eating these eating these gumballs out of this machine gun. I, I loved the movie then. I love the movie now. I, I had always thought it was cool, and I would try to talk to people that I knew about it when I was, when I was coming up in the pre-internet days, and people were like, oh yeah, that movie's fun. I remember that movie, but it wasn't until I got on the internet that I discovered that there's like, there's like a whole community of people that are absolutely obsessed with this movie, and I, I felt like I found a home amongst these people over the years. I found out many neat facts about the movie, many neat things, and it's neat. It's neat for me to see how this movie has touched other people in the in the way that I I also was touched. the The other day, I was over at Joe Video looking for something. I actually rented this movie called Slice with a uh, Chance the Rapper and Zazie Beats. It's about it's about like werewolves and vampires and stuff. It was kind of low budget, but it was also it was also kind of fun, but when I was, when I brought this back, I decided to go and walk around. I always like to walk around in there. It's really, it's really relaxing to me to peruse the store and look at the movies. When I was, I was poking about, I went over to the new release documentary section and I saw Life After Flash. I was aware that this documentary, it's, it's about the life of actor Sam J. Jones and what, it was like for him after doing this movie Flash. I was aware that this documentary existed, but I, I did not know that it was going to be released on DVD this week. So I was, was like super pleasantly surprised when I saw it at Joe Video that day. And I, I snatched it up and brought it home and watched it. Like, I watched it like almost immediately. It was great. It's fun to rent videos. If you don't, if you don't do it, I highly recommend the experience, even in today's day. Of digital stuff. Let's let's get down to the brass tacks of this movie and what 
what it's like, what it's about, who's in it, and all, all of that sort of stuff. It is basically, like, one of those deals where they talk to various celebrities, everyone ranging from, like, Aaron on The Walking Dead to, uh, to Pod Stallions, Jason Lindsay. I don't know, I don't know if you guys listen to that pod, Pod Stallions, but if you, if you dig, like, the retro talk and stuff like that, that one is... That is the show for you. They feature Jason Lindsay, who also owns Biff Bang Pow Toys. They featured him throughout talking about Flash. And that was, that was kind of cool. It's always neat when you see somebody that you know from Pod, like, on the screen. When you see him, when you see him, uh, making it, I guess. Making it in a, in a realm outside of audio. That was fun. They also talked to people from the movie, like Brian Blessed, who was the leader of the Hawkmen. They talked to a few different Hawkmen as well. As, uh, some of Timothy Dalton's forest dudes. I, I like this a lot. But I also, I have to say that I'm biased in that the source material is fascinating to me. And I wanted to learn, wanted to learn a lot more about it. I do not know if you were somebody who wasn't necessarily into Flash, how, how you would feel about this. Because as a documentary, I felt it was edited kind of weird, and a lot of the things people are talking about were really, like, that important. I don't, I don't think that it succeeds on the level of, like, a making of or something like that, but they, they do give it an attempt, and they do have a lot of, a lot of neat behind-the-scenes stories, especially the ones from, uh, Brian Blessed. He, he is a gifted orator, and he has some really neat tales. They also talked to Brian May from Queen, as you know, Queen did the did the soundtrack for the movie. And that's something I've always been curious about. I, I wondered how they were able to get one of the biggest bands in the world to make an all-new, all-original record. And you find out, you find out some of that, which was, which was kind of neat. You get to see Brian, Ble- Brian May, rather, in a Flash Gordon shirt playing the uh, Flash Gordon theme on the piano. That's, that's definitely something not to be missed. The interesting parts of the movie, though, are the parts that are dealing with Sam Jones and the troubles that he had during the productions of the movie. I I knew there were, like, issues on the set, but I didn't really... I didn't know the severity of it until I, until I saw this. They don't go into, like, incredible detail. They don't, like, cover fights. It's not a controversial type thing, but they... They cover how he declined to come back and do the voiceovers after the film and how he was replaced by a completely different actor. They they talk to the chap who played Clytus, and he, he seems to know more about this than other people. The identity of the guy who did the actual voiceovers for the movie is unknown. Some people think he's British, but nobody... Nobody is really aware of who he is. Clytus, though, said that he met him, he talked to him, that he's a Canadian guy, but he couldn't remember... He couldn't remember what his name was, but imagine, imagine having that job, like a movie is completely over, you know it's a big deal, you know it's a big Dino De Laurentiis feature, and you gotta, you have to save the whole thing because the lead actor went home, won't come back and do the work, and you gotta, you gotta like make the voice that's gonna be Flash Gordon for all eternity, that's a heavy load to bear, and the dude who did it, he did it well, I... Like, the entirety of my life, I did not know that that was not Sam J. Jones' voice until I got on the internet. I, I was blown away by that. If you didn't, if you didn't know, there was a lot of, a lot of tension between the directors and the producer and Sam Jones. And the movie Sam Jones himself admits that he had, he had a bit of an inflated ego. And when it came down to it, he decided to pull a power play and say that he wasn't going to come back and do some, uh, 
some VOs that needed to be redone. So they they pretty much said, well, whatever, bro. And they got another guy to come in and do the entirety of the thing. How how wacky. I wonder if that's ever happened before in the uh, in the history of cinema. Not that I could think of off the top of my head, but I, I do find that interesting. Sam is pretty candid about his big ego and his big head and how things got away from him and how it... How all these decisions led to him not having the sort of career that he felt like he should have had. Especially with, you know, his leading man looks and the the credit of a big Dino De Laurentiis movie with a Queen soundtrack and stuff. He he later found the Lord in his life, which is which is awesome for him. He seems like he's really at peace. He seems like he's really happy with his station and everything. The the movie goes into what he's doing now for a job, which is which is fairly fascinating. I I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. If you if you plan on seeing the movie and you don't want to know, even though this is all a matter of public record. So I I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything by by going into this. But if you don't want to know, tune out now. This is your chance. One, two, three, four, five. Here I go. He is presently working as a private security person. He he is a bodyguard. Presently he lives near the the Mexico-California border and he makes frequent trips into into like Juarez and Tijuana with uh with people who need to go there for whatever whatever kind of business that they have. He has fallen back on his training as a marine and is now a top flight bodyguard. Imagine how weird that would be. Imagine if like me or you or somebody else needed a bodyguard for a trip into uh, Guadalajara. And the dude that was assigned to it was uh, was Flash Gordon. I I cannot even imagine, dude. The mind the mind reels at the at the thought. But he, he seems really, really happy nowadays. He's on the convention circuit as well. He's been getting some acting work, which is which is fantastic. I haven't seen him in anything, but I would definitely, I would definitely love to. Well, I saw him in Ted. We all saw him in Ted. I, I mean, some of these other, these other films that he says that he's working on. Well, he doesn't just say he's working on them. He is, he is in fact working on them. I enjoyed this documentary, but I don't know if you would enjoy it so much if you were not obsessed with the, with the movie Flash Gordon, because, I don't know, I didn't feel that it was, it wasn't like a top flight doc, if you know what I mean, it was more, it was more like an indie, sort of small time kind of thing, and I, I can definitely appreciate the effort put into it, but it didn't have that, didn't have that like professional polish, that professional touch that, uh, that a lot of films have, but I, I still liked it, I still enjoyed it quite a bit, and I think that if you're into this, you will definitely enjoy it, just, just for like the Brian Blessed stories alone, it's it's well worth watching. So I don't know. I just I wanted to I wanted to give this a little special coverage because I thought it was neat. It's it's always fun when you find a documentary that's like focused on something that you are super interested in. It's neat, and I I imagine that a lot of you guys are interested in this. I imagine a lot of you guys have already seen this. It came out a couple years ago, but as far as I know. This is the, uh, the initial DVD Blu-ray release. So I gotta give it up. Gotta give it up to Joe Video for getting this. I, I don't know that I would have seen it otherwise. I'm not so big on ordering streaming movies. I don't know. I just don't. I, I totally can if I want to. It's just not something that I, that I normally do. So, 
there you have it, guys. Let's let's give it a quick Source Magazine mic meter reading. I'm the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic. I am going to give Life After Flash a solid three, three mics. mics. Get ready you flashbag criminals. J5 is coming for you. And there is no way to hide from the robotic arm of justice. Starting this Earth Spring. On televisions everywhere. Johnny Court. The greatest court show that there has ever been. All other judges are obsolete. Join me movie star, Johnny Five, this spring on your piece of garbage standard deaf hillbilly TV, as I bring justice to your holler, robot style. Johnny Court. Coming everywhere. Soon. drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You made it this far. It's time for the final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash toys slash other boring stuff informational moment. All right, it is me, and we are back. You guys just heard the... It's the latest advert from Johnny Five and his dude, A.B. Silver, for their new syndicated TV program, Johnny Court. That that sounds wacky. It sounds like he's out there, like, apprehending criminals. Like, there's, like, a dog the bounty hunter element to the whole thing. Like, he goes out there, he grabs him, then he brings him back to court. I don't know if that's what it is, but that's what it... That's what it sounded like to me. Let's let's hope it turns out fun, man. It's always good to have another fun show on TV to watch. Let's see what's been going on lately. Not like not like a whole bunch, dude. It's been rainy. We've been having another like another uh, sting of rain up there on the on the Earth base, and that's kind of put the flea markets and stuff on hold. They were they were like in swing for a while, but then. Then it rained one week, and we weren't, we weren't able to get out there. It was canceled, and then the the next week they did this. It's a maybe twice, three times a year event in the Veterans Building parking lot. It's kind of kind of like a combination auto show, auto parts sale kind of thing. Like people people bring their cars out, and they also bring out like tarps, and they they throw auto parts on top of the on top of the tarps. It's like some kind of a kind of a car club thing it looks cool i don't know i've always i've always thought maybe i should go walk around down there and just see what it is but i i never actually do but they do this like two or three times a year and when when that comes around the the flea market is put on hold for a week so there was that one week and then the next week it rained or maybe it was maybe it was vice versa i i don't know but it's it's been slow i haven't haven't been able to get out there and do as much as I've wanted to, but it looks like looks like things are starting to turn around. the The sun's been out. It's starting to be a starting to be frisbee season. Baseball has started. The A's 
the A's are off to kind of like a 50-50 start so far. The bats are lively. The pitching, pitching not so much, but uh, the dudes look good. That's the Oakland A's. They are my my baseball team of choice. I look forward to baseball season. It's nice you have something on TV that you can you can watch every night. That's that's fun. A lot of the uh, good TV shows go on a summer hiatus, so it's cool to have like the baseball out there that you can you can also watch if you're if you're into that thing. I I get it. If you're not, it's slow. It's kind of boring, but uh. If you, uh, if you tape the game ahead of time, you can, like, skim through and get to the, uh, get to the exciting parts or, or just, like, sometimes I'll watch when the A's bat and I kind of, kind of skim through when, when they're pitching. I think a lot of people probably do that for their, for their favorite team. I don't know. You know, here's something. What was that? I heard something fall. Not sure what that was. I don't see anything amiss here in the, uh in the chum room. I'm facing away from the mic and I apologize for doing so. I'm just, I'm curious what that was because as far as I know, I'm in here by myself. I don't think anything's going to become of that. But, uh, you never know. Oh my gosh! Baby! Baby came in the room. The cat that, uh, the cat that keeps getting away. I brought her down here with me so that I could keep a tighter eye on her. I figured she can't get out here. What is she going to do? Swim around on the, uh, on the bottom of the sea, you never, never know, maybe, I don't know, she has a, she has a wandering soul, what's up, baby, what are you doing here? That was weird, that, uh, that tone, I, okay, uh, scooch along, baby, go, go do something else, go over by that sink, there's, uh, there's, like, fish guts and stuff in it, you can, you can goof around with that, I'm considering leaving her down here, to be honest with you guys, it's like, I know here she can't escape, when she's up there, all she does is escape, it's, it's wild. I I have gotten into buying Star Warses lately. It all started with the um with the sack toy con where I picked a couple up. It got me it got me back into it. But here's here's the thing. I brought this with me because I because I like it so much. I picked up this case. It's a Star Wars action figure case. I got it from my dude Alan at the flea market for a couple dollars. I talked about it during the action figure case episode, and I. I took those Star Warses that I picked up at SatCon and the ones that I, the ones that I already have, like this, like this Hoth Han Solo that I got from my dude, uh, Lamar the Revenger, he sent that to me, I got that in here, and I, I put them all with their guns, and I set them up, and I'm thinking, this looks really neat, I like having these figures in the playset, so I thought what I wanted to do was, there are two 12-figure trays in this, and what I want to do is, I want to get the original 12 and put them across the top. So far, I have Darth Vader, I have Obi-Wan Kenobi, I have Han Solo, and I have R2 Deep 2, and I, I have Chewbacca on the way. I picked him up. The, the Darth Vader has a cape but no lightsaber. Same with Obi-Wan. The Han Solo has his blaster, which is, which is good, and the R2-D2 is in... It's in okay shape. I've had that one for a while. I, I'm trying to do this all on the super cheap. I'm picking them up at the lowest price that I can. The, the Chewbacca, for example, I got for $6.99. I was able to jump into an auction that for whatever reason nobody was paying attention to and grab him before it ended. He has his, uh, he has his blaster too. I got the Han Solo and the other ones at the flea, at the, uh, SatCon rather. I got this I got this Darth Vader at the flea market. I pulled it out of the bottom of a box and I 
I bought him a replica cape. The cape goes a long way to uh, making him dope. But I, I hope to complete this soon. I'm buying one a week. I'm kind of, I'm kind of stretching it out and trying to have fun with it, you know. So, and uh, I don't know, in a couple months I'll be done and I'll be happy. I guess I, I also have some on the on the bottom tray. Let's take a look and see who's down there. I have the emperor. I have that dude that hangs out with uh, Jabba the Hutt. I have um. I have the medical droid. This is another one that my dude Lamar sent me. I have R5-D4. I got him out of that box of stuff. I have Nian Numb. I got him from SatCon. And I have a Bespin. A Bespin soldier, dude. He has his gun. This is the... This is the white one. They also have a black one, I think. I got... I have a Hoth... Um... A Hoth trooper. Is that Luke Skywalker? It might be Luke Skywalker. I have Boba Fett's. I got the um, X-Wing Luke Skywalker. I have Bosk, the bounty hunter Bosk. I have a a Hoth Stormtrooper with his gun. I have Bespin Leia. And I also have Admiral Akbar, who I picked up a SatCon. I bought him I bought him a replica weapon. He has his he has his staff now. He is complete. Akbar is one of my favorite characters of all of the Star Wars' characters. I really wanna, I really wanna give a shout out to my man Lamar for sending me these. He sent me these a while back when I was talking about my favorite Star Wars is on the uh, top five Star Wars is dudes of all the uh, all the times in space. He sent me, he sent me a couple of them that I didn't have, and that was that was really cool. If you want to follow him and go on Twitter, it is at Revenger Lamar. Uh, he recently changed. He's, don't don't even. I don't want to confuse you guys with the details. At Revenger Lamar, it is. It is well worth it, dude's a nice guy, dude is super cool, dude always retweets my episodes, I, I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate anybody who gives me a retweet, that's like, that's like super nice, if you always go one from Engineer Nerd, I get one from Big Sage, you get one from a fur, get one from all, all kinds of fun people, and I definitely appreciate that, my man Gabe does it sometimes, I've seen Stuntman Mike, he does it, I don't wanna, I don't wanna start listing names, cause if I don't list all the names, I'll, I'll leave somebody out. So this one here, this is for all of you who do it as well. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. But that that action figure case episode I did a while ago, Star Wars action figure case, that really got me into uh got me into it. I took all of my my more current Star Wars is the Force Awakens ones, the Rogue One ones, my solos and such, and I took them all off the uh off the shelf I had them on. I now have two two empty shelves up there on the Earth base that I don't know what to do with. But I, I put them in a space case. That was like a random 80s action figure case. It holds up to 24 super awesome figures. It has like a bunch of robots on it. It's really great. But I I took all my ones in here. Like here's my Jen Ursos. I have like four, four Stormtroopers. And there's Captain Phasma. There's Rose and Paige. Everybody probably has a rose. I think you can pick them up at Dollar Tree nowadays. I know you can definitely pick up these Rogue One ones at Dollar Tree, which is kind of a bummer because I I spent time collecting those. Well, it wasn't wasn't a big bummer because I got them from Toys R Us. So at least I at least I have awesome memories of it. I also have a uh, GI Joe case up there on the Earth base. It's full of Joes, but I do have these two Star Wars ones down here because I I'm like so into them that I, I brought them with me because I'm gonna be Every time I come down here, it's for a week, so I, I bring some of my stuff just to, uh, just to not lose it with the, uh, with the boredom of being under here. It's not really that boring, but it is, 
it does get boring after a while. I'm sure you're saying to yourself, how could it get boring being in a in an undersea base? Dude, there's not a lot of windows. It's basically like being in a can. I mean, like a Chef Boyardee ravioli can. Like 24 hours a day. If you're if you're somebody like Dr. Jane Walsh or one of those one of those fish doctors, of course you have a lot of windows, you have a lot of viewing space, but uh for us cleaning windows, for us doing stuff, there's not there's not a lot to look at. What can I what can I say? It's not thrilling. But still, it's kind of fun. Every once in a while we get to take those uh submarines out and float about and do stuff, and that's that's an experience that really can't be can't be duplicated. I'm trying to think, is there anything else that is that is going on. I feel like we're going to get up out of here. There's many windows to clean before I get to rest my head. I, I'm i a little tired today. It's It's been a long one, dude. Um, I I have completed the seventh... Is it seventh? I've completed the seventh episode of the patron-only show. We have a... We have, like, this whole patron-only thing going on over there on Patreon. You can find out about that at supportthereport.com. I... I try to get as much stuff up there as I can. I, I've been having a hard time putting this episode seven to bed, dude. It's so great. I keep coming up with more and more fun stuff, but I, I think I'm done. I just gotta go through proof it. It'll be, it'll be up there. Maybe not after this episode. I'm gonna say the Monday after the next episode, the, the upcoming episode, which will be episode number 193. This is 192. Man, we are quickly getting near 200. That's, that's going to be something. We should try to think of something exciting to do to celebrate that. But back to Patreon. I got the POS over there. We got a bunch of the IC Robots radios, my hip-hop mix show. There's episodes of uh, Real Wisdom. There is a ton, a ton, a ton of all-new, all-fun, original content. You can get down with that for only like a dollar a month. You can't beat it. It's it's fantastic. If you appreciate what we do here at uh, the good old Toys R Us report at IC Robots Radio, consider uh, consider chipping in, dude. It's only a dollar a month. Of course, you can give way more than that, but uh, anything is definitely appreciated. I this is this is something that I I'm excited about. My my dude Javier, who is a show patron, he is a big time awesome supporter of the show, and he he put in at the uh, at the Kyber Crystal level. It's it's up there, so he gets to pick the topic of an episode, and the episode topic he decided to choose was a, it's a pro wrestling documentary called 350 Days, and I, I have not been able to get my hands on a copy of it, it was only, it was doing like the, uh, the theater circuit, not the theater circuit, the, um, what's the word I'm like, the festival, the festival circuit, right, and it's finally, it's finally available on DVD, I was actually over at Joe Video, and there it was, Right next to Life After Flash in the new release documentary section. I am like, Joe Video, I love you so much. Unfortunately, somebody had rented it, which is which is cool. Somebody else gets to check it out, and I got to check out Life After Flash. But next week, I'm going to do my best to get my hands on this DVD, and I'm going to watch it. And I'm going to review it for my man, Javier. I'm going to let him know what, what I think. And you can, you can get this too, dude, if you want to. There's a ton of different levels. Of support, go on over to supportthereport.com. Check it out. You can get, you can get shoutouts on the show. You can get the super VHS tape. You can get, I don't know, man. There's so much stuff to get. It's so, it's so awesome, and it makes me feel like you guys love me, which is, which is crucial. So we'll be back next week, and until then, this is me signing off for Engineer Emily for Iceberg for MC Kate makes Mike disintegrate. This is episode number one ninety two. 
If you don't know, I know. This has been an IC Robots Radio production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported in Dehar. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Everybody love everybody! Portions of our broadcast day may be presented either in whole or in part by means of videotape or film reproduction. This is KTXL TV 40, signing off the air, ending another schedule of broadcasting. KTXL Sacramento, Stockton, California.